Hey, yo, Carm Capriato, and so glad to welcome you to Academy episode 139. Hey, how many excuses can you come up with for not closing your shop and take your team to a weekend training conference? About 10, you say? Well, they are not acceptable to my guests as we serve up exactly why you should close and take your team to training. You know, they all take different classes. That's how I spread them out to be able to cover uh, more of a variety. And then we all have meetings uh, at our shop where we get together and we have, you know, share five things that you took away from it. It's a very good team building uh, exercise to kind of watch everybody share what they took away. Welcome automotive aftermarketers to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hey, Carm Capriato, the Aftermarket Podcast guy with a topic I've wanted to discuss for a long time now. And I got my chance live at ASTE 2019. And thanks for the support of Jasper. In addition to the strict quality remanufacturing steps they take at Jasper, they can actually improve a drivetrain's component's original design so that it runs longer and better than when it was new. Check out Jasper's featured engine and transmission pages at jasperengines.com. Hey, do you know that every podcast has a show notes page on my website? And there you'll find my guests' bios, links to their previous episodes, and the key talking points. Find this podcast show page at remarkableresults.biz slash A139. Hey, don't forget about joining my newsletter and staying up to date on all episodes. And we've got the best online audio library of everything automotive aftermarket available free online and anywhere in the world. Just be sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app. Hey, I was surprised when I asked an audience of 500-plus shop owners and technicians at ASTE 2019 as to how many were there because the shop closed and the team was right there at training. Many hands went up. I'd say about 40. Now, this trend is getting stronger, and you need to heed this. In this episode, you'll hear no excuses, only reasons why it works and it pays dividends. With me is Greg Ritter, Ritter's Auto Repair in Kinmunday, Illinois, Tristan Raymer, Lock Performance in Napanee, Indiana, and James Perry from Perry's Diesel Performance in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. This panel nailed it. And if you don't get why a weekend team conference is good for your shop, then you must be ready to close or sell. If you're in for the long haul, you'll need to hear this episode and do something with the knowledge you will gain. I know you know all the right reasons to go, and the only thing, I believe, getting in your way is fear. Let this team expel your fears and get you to commit. Let's do this. Hey everybody, it's Carm Capriato and we are here at ASTE in Cary, North Carolina, part of the Independent Garage Owners of North Carolina annual show. Uh, this is my second time here. An unbelievable event. And I'm hoping you're tuning in because you really want to hear from three shop owners who have made a commitment to invest in their team, invest in, be it planes, trains, automobiles, and hotel rooms, and the tuition to come here and to, and to bring their, their entire team. One of the things I love about uh, ASTE is there's a fee for the entire shop, doesn't matter how many you have, which is really a cool idea. With me is Tristan Raymer from Lock Performance in Napanee, Indiana. Napanee. Napanee. Good to have you here, Tristan. Uh, how many you got in your team that's with you? I have three here. Three. 
Uh, technician, service advisor. Service advisor and two techs. Fabulous. Great. Greg Ritter's here from Ritter's Auto, Ritter's Auto Repair in Kimundi. Did I say that That's one right? That's correct. In yeah. Illinois. Good job. Illinois. Yeah. Illinois. And how many are here from your team? I have two techs and myself. And James Perry from Perry Diesel Performance. Hello, James. How are you? I'm great. Elizabeth City, North Carolina. We're doing this here at ASTE, and I moderated a panel just a little bit ago, and I asked how many people actually closed their shops to come here. And I have to tell you guys, I was surprised to see the number of hands that went up. So there's no doubt a trend going on in the industry. However, I hear constantly of the excuses. I can't do this. What about my customers? I can't lose revenue. But yet, I'm guessing there's 20 shop owners that closed the shop. Now, there's different ways to do it. If you're a five-day-week shop, you close on Friday and you take off and you, you either fly or you drive to your training. And then you do the Friday, Saturday thing and you drive back Sunday and you're open again. And I can't see in my mind why this type of investment wouldn't work, especially if you've groomed your customers and you're not going to book any work on that Friday anyway. I mean, you got months to know. Am I right? Sure. To, to, to warn the customers. So, guys, how does it work? What are the tactics behind telling the customer that you're going to be closed on this particular Friday? Give me an idea, Greg. I usually put it out on Facebook that I'm going to be gone. I usually tell my customers I've uh, been talking about ASD and closing for this event for several months. As my customers comes in, I already tell them that I'm going to be going. They understand. They understand that technology is changing today. Uh, at a rapid pace. And if we don't train, we are uh, basically got a time clock on our head because our time's up. Tristan, w w do the customers ever say, you guys go to training? Absolutely. They say, wow, I, I had no idea. And then you say, well, we've got to have at least 40 or 50 hours a year to keep up. And are they impressed? Yeah, actually, uh, uh, during our break just earlier, I had a number of voicemails on my phone and they were actually from customers wondering why they couldn't get us holes at the shop, even though... We had it on social media and whatever. Yeah. But all that aside, uh, the real point for us to come to training like this is to uh, better provide for them. So we're investing our time to do a better job for them. So there's somebody out there saying, exactly, Tristan, that's why I won't close my shop because I don't want to get those emails from my customers. Now, will you lose those customers who couldn't get a hold of you today? No. Okay. They trust. They're, they're if you will, quote, air quotes, loyal. And they understood. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That you, you, you had to take the whole place to training. Absolutely. We're here to learn to uh, better understand their vehicle and to ultimately provide a better service for them. So is, they're not going to say, oh, damn, uh, I can't get my car fixed today. You're going to say, hey, why don't, you, why don't you get in here on Monday right away? We'll take care of you. Why don't you wait a day? And, and uh, by waiting a day, we can uh, better serve you. Absolutely. That's cool. I love that. James, same issue uh, on the customer uh, side? Um, not really an issue. I'm, I'm kind of the same, but I think with did he is, um, you know, if you forewarn people, don't schedule work for that, you know, the, the end of this week, most of them understand. Most of them don't, don't give us any feedback on it. Um, some of them are kind of impressed that we take the whole shop to training. How early do you start telling your customers that you're not going to be here on this particular day? I've been sharing with my customers for quite some time. Uh, they know that my whole shop is active in several expos throughout the year. I got messages uh, while I was in class this morning of us customers that dropped vehicle off needing this done today. And all I did was respond back that, sorry, we're out to training today. 
uh, in North Carolina, and they actually clicked back and said, that, I'm glad you're training. And they totally understand um, that we have a challenge before us. You, uh, you go to Vision too. Yes, I do. Same, yeah. same. Been uh, going for 24 years. 24 to. years. Yeah. And when did you start taking your team in closing? About five, six years ago, I started that. And before I would, I would go by myself, uh, thinking that I would have to keep the shop up and running and the technicians would stay back. I would go, I would get the training. I would be excited. I would come back, uh, really on a high and, I would try to share some of those things with my uh, technicians when I got back or my service advisor. What I found was, was they weren't excited as well. So they knocked me down, basically put my fire out within a day or two. I was back to the same level I was before I went. You know, that's the big thing. Right. And when I found out the power behind taking the whole crew and everybody coming back on that same level of excitement, uh, the powerful momentum that that gave. Well, you just really broke the code, I hope, for many people. And you know, here's my goal. Our goal as a team is to try to change some paradigms that exist out there where I can't take, I can't close, I can't take my people to training. I don't want to ask you personally how much it's costing you to bring your team here, how much the bar bill would be tonight with your team, the value and the price you could put on the networking that happens as your guys meet other techs from other parts and they discuss the training. Oh, my God, it's all priceless. But you're making an investment. No doubt you've got to have budgets for training anyway. And so if you're putting a percentage of your sales, your revenue into, into training, you may be spending it all just once a year instead of dripping it out over the course of the year by going to some night training. And the guys go to get, they get their pizza, they fall asleep at 8.30, and they come back and they said, boss, I did, it was good, thanks, I learned a couple of things. But here, I mean, they're in the deep end of the pool, am I right? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Work hard, you play hard. You work hard all day and then you... Uh unwind in the evenings. Yeah, I mean that's what you know, that's what I learned about vision way back when I started to go is that how much you know relaxing that happened at night because of the intense intense uh, the intensive training during the day. You find that here? Yes, absolutely. Greg, you figured out this whole recovery thing. When you first started to do this, did you say Hey, uh, so we're, we're going to lose 10 grand. I don't know what the number is of yeah. revenue on, on, right. on a particular day. Just pick the number, whatever it is. Right. Could, could be 15 grand. Mm-hmm. You find that when you look back, mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. made up. Yes, and, and that's the key I think everybody needs to understand is that the team realizes, hey, the boss spent a lot of money. And, uh, and, and we got to make it up to him. Events like this, uh, the best analogy I can think of is just trying to uh, drink from a fire hose. There's a lot of information. There's a ton of content all at one time. And you soak up as much as you can because there is a lot out there and it's a lot of good stuff. But is that bad then? Because it is not not bad because you've always got the manual to go back to and you you have the memory of saying, I know exactly where in the book I need to go to get this information, even though I was fire hosing. Right. Yep. So fire hosing is okay because the drips and drabs of the two or three hour night times even don't have as much impact as fire hosing. It's, it's a, it's a concentrated thing. So you're here all weekend. So it is more intentional. And for me personally, you get a lot more out of it rather than just, uh, you know, the couple hours here and there on the, on the weeknights, um, on those days, um, 
typically if you've worked all day long and you're probably tired from your work day, you go to the classes in the evening, like you mentioned, uh, you eat a pizza and, and you're going to start, uh, you're going to start dozing off by the time the evening's over. So, uh, the whole weekend like this, where you're here to concentrate on training, um, is amazing. James, how many is, are here with your group? I have five in total, including me. You and five. Yes. The wife's in there. Yep. Does the wife work in the business? The wife runs in front of the show. Cool. I'm kind of in the middle, front and back. Okay. Um, and I got three full-time techs. All right. And her name is Kathy. Yes. But have you had a chance to talk to your guys at all? And what are they saying about the morning training so far? My guys, I've loved. I've only spoke to one of them so far. He's he's actually rooming with us. Okay. Um, the other two are in a separate room, but um, he said he got a lot out of what he set through this morning. A lot, lot of very critical information. A lot of stuff that normally wouldn't be covered on some of the nighttime classes, like we talked about. You know, it's very in depth. Um, so he he took a lot from it. You, Tristan, have you talked to your guys? I have, yes, and they uh, all particular were very impressed with the content. Very practical. Um, especially, uh, I talked to one of the techs, um, that I have here and he was impressed with the big, big, thick workbook that he got sent home with. He said, this is amazing. Um, not all the stuff was covered in the workbook, but that's additional information that he can take home and look through it. And, and, uh, so yes, absolutely. Do you build a resume on training for your people? I haven't, but I will be. I have not uh, built a resume. My techs know that how much I value it and they, Really enjoy going. I don't have any problems getting them committed to training. A few weeks ago, we were doing a, a show in Biloxi, and it came up, and this idea hit me hard about getting a spreadsheet and putting all the classes down the left and the text along here. And, you know, every new class you take them to and the subject in the place you were at, and then you would X the box so that you could go back and look at, you know, if there was any GDI training and who got it and what level of specialty was it? And if you needed to pick a class or two for your people, because you know, you're not coming here and investing your money unless you're looking it over and saying, okay, who's going to this and who's going to this. And not all of your guys can go to the same training. So they may cross train each other when they get back. Have you ever done any of that? Right. That was actually my intention. I uh, specifically, uh, we talked about that, me and my guys. And I said, I don't want any of you sitting in the same classes together. Great strategy. Um, yeah. uh, conquer and divide. Conquer and divide. I love it. And so, you know, building a strategy, I mean, go back to the bookshelf somewhere in the business where all these manuals are, okay, and pull them off the shelf, throw anything that's like three years old, you know, out. Because that's, that's old by now, hard right? Expired, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the technology is gone by that time. <laughs> and, and just build, build this resume and let it be your, if you will, guidepost, your compass for future training you guys say anything to you greg yes i uh come into the lunch or end of the room there where we met for the podcast today they was all sharing it was neat to walk up and see them sharing their uh classes to each other uh, and i asked them how they enjoyed their class and they was both very uh excited they felt like that uh you know they got a lot more in depth with things and what we do whenever we normally take our evening classes through our park stores or through our, yeah. uh, got really uh, more detail. And then I like to, I like to have my technician share uh, five things from each class. And then we all get together and, uh, you know, they all take different classes. That's how I spread them out to be able to cover uh, more of a variety. And then we all have meetings uh, at our shop where we get together and we have, you know, share five things that you took away from it. It's a very good team building uh, exercise to kind of watch everybody share what they took away 
figure out how we're going to implement that in, in our diagnostic process or in our uh, policies in our shop. And it's powerful to get everybody on the same team. Everybody listen. Yeah. He, he just said some really powerful stuff. I heard team building. I heard meetings. I heard integrating processes and in, in diagnostics. I mean, that's what running a business is about today. Absolutely. Sure. Hey, Carm here with Russ Hayes. Hi, Russ. Hey, how you doing, Carm? How long have you been with Jasper? I've been with them for nine years, but I've been working with them for since uh, 87. Do you love pistons? I love pistons. Why do you love pistons? I'm a hot rodder at heart, a mechanical engineer, drag race most of my life. And pistons, really, and how they're sealing and, and what you can end up doing is an extremely important part of the engine. It makes so much in how it holds the rings and what rings you add to it and the advantages that you have. In the later model engines, uh, we have to redesign a lot of the pistons, and we do our own design, just to make them seal better and last longer. I'm looking around here. I see all kinds of pistons. Are these prototypes? No, they're actually some OEM with some failures, common failures, and then what, what our solutions are to them. In my life, I've uh, been responsible probably around 600 or so applications of pistons between about anything you can think about that has a piston. Your middle name is? Russ. Piston. Russ, the <laughs> professor. Thank you, Russ, a member of the 100% associate-owned company at jasperengines.com. When you're done with your investment of training per year, do you really think it has an impact on your bottom line? Absolutely. For sure. If you take the comebacks alone, uh, that's one of the things I track in my shop is the amount of comebacks. I track it through I, everything. By the way, by the way, did you hear when I was uh, doing the panel? Absolutely, I did. I, I, yeah. I, and, I, yeah. and I mentioned as part of a, a technician yeah. compensation plan could be mm-hmm. a percentage of comebacks on right. an individual right. basis, and mm-hmm. they would earn an incentive if they were in a, in, right. in a tolerance. And I asked how many people <laughs> track comebacks. Right. Right. Not many hands. Yeah, right. There were, what, 500 in the room? Yeah, right. Not many hands went yeah, It's a powerful thing to track. I, I build everything that comes back where if it be a a tech error or a parts uh, failure or a visor error, I track that um, by billing out the invoice at full price, and then I receive it under a credit card that is named by that uh, event, uh, just like MasterCard or Visa. I'll okay. have a credit card named warranty tech error, okay. uh, warranty advisor, etc. Got it. Um, then I track that, and it's neat to deep dive into that and say, okay, this tech error has been uh, maybe he's made an error on misdiagnosing a drivability situation three times in this area, this particular system. It's time to look for training for him. Uh, and then sometimes I find it's me not providing the tools that they need mm-hmm. to do that job properly. So uh, maybe I need to you know, get a different tool or a different uh, scan tool or something to be able to do that job more efficiently. Uh, by tracking advisor error, I get the chance to see where I need to train my advisor. For parts, yeah. it's nice to uh, know that, okay, I've had three of this particular brand of alternator or whatever it is fail. It's time to have a meeting with that vendor and see maybe I need to change a vendor on that product uh, to give a better uh, service to my customer to, to help them to be more safe and reliable. No doubt you're doing it right. I see you shaking your head, Tristan. So, Couldn't agree more. Uh, you're, you're right on. You, I am you agree to this. actually doing some of the same things he is. Okay. James, how about you? There was a lot he said about not pointing fingers at the tech for comebacks. It's not always the tech. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of people are quick to just let a technician go over, especially you know if you had three comebacks you know, in a short period of time. As hard as it is to find good help, there's a lot to be said about taking the time to figure out why those comebacks happened. Was it his fault? Did you not provide the tools for him? Or is mm-hmm. he just not trained properly on new equipment? Um, last thing I want to do is fire, especially a good employee. That is the last thing I want to do. I want Absolutely. to figure out what we need to do to improve him. Count to 10, right, guys? Uh, pausing. I've, I've learned in my life that pausing and, and uh, describe any, any way you want it. You know, if it's count to 10, it, it's kind of like this. You get an email from a customer, not happy. Worst thing to do would be to reply right away. Right? Absolutely. I mean, you could, you could reply on a piece of paper, but never reply in the same email because you may press the send button and regret it. You probably will yeah. regret it. Yeah, you absolutely will. Yeah. You, you have to get off of your heat hot index, if you will. And I, it's, it's the 24-hour rule. You have ever heard that one? Sleep yeah. on it. Yeah, the 24-hour rule before you reply. And it didn't matter if it was a customer, if it was a technician. It was anything that pushed you off of an edge somewhere. I know this has nothing to do with why we're here, but, you know, we, we, we kind of the podcast will go places if it, if it feels good and it sounds good now networking you guys have had a chance to meet shop owners from all over the country here and, and all the seminars that you go to have you built uh, a little networking opportunity out of the training that you guys do and the conferences that you go to absolutely mm-hmm. uh, yeah. give me some in depth about the value that it's been to you james how about i start with you well, you get to hear a lot of stuff you wouldn't normally hear from the average person. Um, a lot about shop labor rate, um, comebacks, what to do, um, which is really how we found out about this place was networking with other shops. Um, honestly, if it hadn't been for Lucas Underwood, I don't know if I'd have known about it now. Um, he was one, probably yeah. one of the first ones to in- introduce us to it. Um, and also really talked us into the value of coming here. Um, it was a lot of what he said that made us you know, focus on biting the bullet, spending the money to come here, yeah. um, and just shining a light on what will happen later. You know, Not so much what you're going to lose a day to be here, but the opportunity to not only gain that back, but to do better when you go back than you were doing when you came here. Let's talk about networking with technicians, Tristan. I mean, them hearing, yeah, we're going we're gonna to go back and bust hump and you know, make this up to the boss. I mean, it's got to be discussed amongst the techs, right? Oh, I'm sure it is. Absolutely. And talking about that, just a, just a real quick rabbit trail, you know, one of, uh, maybe not a rabbit trail, but uh, one of, as a shop owner, um, specifically an auto shop owner, one of your biggest investments is your technicians, the compensation that you pay them. If you're looking for a return, um, you're going to invest well. And so in that, it puts pressure on you to really provide um, excellent content, excellent places like this to go to. Um, where they can uh, interact with other techs and get some excellent training. You're investing into them uh, personally and also as a career. So I think it's very important. Got it. Got it. I understand. How about you for networking? Yes, absolutely. I, uh, my second year here, and uh, I came out here last year. I'd heard about it through my business coach, Rick White. Uh, was teaching classes here. I was coaching with him, and, and I heard the excitement in his uh, explaining what they do here. And, and so I come out and I, I, I go to a lot of expos a year and I didn't realize that uh, this place has such a family atmosphere. Once you come here, you walk away with friends that you 
that really truly care about your success and they will reach out to you um, bob for instance is a uh, incredible man. He he has a lot of knowledge uh, of our industry and yeah. just puts us on a pedestal. I know. Uh, he's always there to reach out to and, and he'll offer advice. And if he don't know the answer, he'll go get it. That would be Bob yeah. Pulverenti, yeah, right. executive exactly. director. Yeah. Here. yeah, he's a he's a good man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a good man and a detail man. Well, I don't know if you know yeah. that. He's yeah. extremely detailed. Yeah. <laughs> nothing gets by. Yeah. Nothing yeah. gets by yeah. Bob. Yeah. And yeah. That's why this show run, runs so perfectly. Look at. Uh, I hope we have driven the point home without going over it too many times and make this a short, sweet, simple listen for our uh, for our industry to let them realize that investing in team training, team travel training has so many benefits. Um, technician networking, the value of you networking, uh, team building. You guys say, no doubt, my bottom line increases. Now, is that a feeling or do you actually see the fact that, uh, you know, we're doing well, making more money because of our commitment to training? Uh, you know, it's, it's, is, it, is it easy or tough to measure? I actually measure it. I have a spreadsheet that I've created that I list my annual sales every year and I list my comebacks. I list my training dollars and I have formulas set up to see that increase. Uh, for instance, last year, my sales went up 25% and my comebacks went down uh, $4,000. So I feel like that that money spent, you know, better equipped my technicians and my advisors to uh, provide better service. And uh, uh, my customers appreciate uh, the fact that we spend the money and the time to train. So the KPIs that Rick yeah, has you yeah, watch, yeah, efficiencies and AROs yeah, and gross yeah. profit per, per hour, right, right. they're all strong right, for you. Right. And, and, and you say that training is part of it. Absolutely. And, and Tristan is shaking his head. James, you you kind of on board with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. This, this is our first year here, and we're, we're learning a lot already. You know, We sit through uh, one of Rick's classes this morning mm-hmm. um, and took a lot from him. We have another class to sit with him this afternoon. And there's been a lot of talk of actually trying to work with him as a business coach on our end to, oh, good for to get the full benefit from him. Good for you. Rick's a good guy. Hey, yeah. um, one final thing. Are you guys doing any CEO-style training, management training? I am. I'm actually part of Rick's inner circle group. Okay. So am I. And so is Tristan. Okay. Uh, oh, great. And uh, we, uh, that's took my business to a new level. I never realized that being part of a, a group uh, that we meet twice a month for two hours on a Zoom meeting or we can talk face-to-face on yeah. camera. Yeah. Uh, we just come back from our first live event in uh, Burlington, Vermont, the first of this month. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, it was powerful. I've never Amazing done, time. Yeah, I've never done an event like that, but we're actually seeing our group become family, and, and we reach out. Uh, anytime we got a problem, somebody's out there posting it, and we offer advice, and it's just a, a very powerful thing. So when you were looking over the A-S-T-E um, all the seminars. Right. Did you pick one that would help you with your CEO leadership, you know, marketing and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yep. So the, your techs, will you will you guys ever go to tech training just to keep fresh, or are right. you guys always going to go to management training? I like to mix it up a little bit. You do. Actually, this year I'm all 100% management training out okay. here, but all it's right. because my techs was able to cover the classes that we felt we needed. Yeah, okay, I and got it. Hey, are you are you still getting your hands dirty, Greg? Oh yeah, yeah. Damn, my, my text may not tell you that, but yes. <laughs> what do you love the most? I like the diagnostic <laughs> drivability. All right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. How about you, Tristan? What are you, are you taking management courses? 
right now, yes, I'm actually taking all management courses. Um, as Greg mentioned, uh, we're in a we're in a group together, and so I've been. Uh, uh, Rick is our coach, and and we've had a, an amazing time. So, uh, in that, that's one thing I am doing currently is a lot of just management training, uh, learning to be a better leader for my guys, and I find it I'm finding it to be invaluable. It's been it's been uh, stretching. Um, it's been there's a lot of vulnerabilities there. So, um, overall, hands down, definitely recommend it. James, uh, for you, management tech training. This time we're doing all management. Um, like you, said, you are. Yes. Okay. Me, me and my wife are. You and your okay. Um, our guys are here doing the technical side of it. All right. We're hoping we can share a lot of information, you know, with each other. Um, more so than to let us in on the technical stuff. Um, no need to spend a whole lot of time on the management side back to them. Right. Um, I have one guy here that's my lead tech. We'll, we'll, we'll probably fill him on, you know, some of the management stuff. But Okay, question. We had that great panel discussion this morning, and, of course, owners and techs were in the room. Uh, we talked about a lot of interesting and sensitive topics about pay and retention and bonuses and incentives. What do you think they took from it? The techs. What do you think the techs took from that kind of dialogue? Well, I think they see that we value them and that we are, you know, by attending events like this, we're trying to build uh, their uh, work environment to be more pleasant and more family-oriented. Um, I value family time at my shop. My text knows that if they've got a family event, they just ask for it off, give me a little bit of notice, we're gone. Uh, you know, we're, you know, they can just go. Uh, appreciate the fact that they want to be involved in their families. Absolutely. Tristan, was that a little too personal for Tex to hear us talk about that, or was it just exactly what they needed to hear? No, it was not too personal. Um, I I try to be absolutely uh, 100% transparent with my guys. So uh, if I have a goal, I do that. I do my best to give them, uh, present everything. Uh, obviously, we're all working towards the same end goal here. So in my opinion, there's no reason to hide that. We all have our different roles. We're, we're a team here. And we all have our different roles, but we got to complement each other. So in that, um, I'm here for the management side. Uh, they're here for the for the technical side, yeah. um, and we can, like I like I said before, it's it's divide and conquer. So if we can, uh, if I can teach them, pass along some of the things that I've learned and how I can better serve them, then they can maybe fill me in on some of the technical things that they've learned. Sure, sure. So, James, were we too personal on that uh, panel? Not at all. Not at all. It's, it's your technicians need, need to be appreciated for sure. But they needed to hear what we talked about, that, we, that we value them yes. and that we're, that we're, we're sure. busting our hump to, uh, to do everything we possibly can yeah. to get them to a new, uh, another level. Yeah, we're, we're here to, to help our customers in the end, but we're also here to help our technicians right. along the way. You don't have the team, the team. The team supports the customers, right? No doubt. Wow. Thanks. I think we made our point. appreciate your, your take back on, on what, what's going on here at ASTE uh, uh, 2019. James Perry from Perry Diesel Performance. Tristan Raymer, Lock Performance in Napanee. Napanee. I got to learn how to say the Napanee, Indiana, and, uh, and Greg Ritter from Ritter's Auto Repair in Kinmundy, Illinois. Yeah. Thanks for being here, guys. It's been Thank a pleasure you for having us. Been an honor. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.